Hi everyone, my name is Lisa Green. I'm a sophomore. I am the Interfaith Fellow here on campus as well as the Vice President of Religion and Culture at Hillel. And I am so thrilled to be bringing you today's episode of Colton Corner. I'm here with Shamir Williams. And Shamir, I'd love to start by learning a little about you, um, your year, what you do on campus, that sort of thing. So um, I'm a senior, a final year student, and um, I'm studying religious studies and economics. I've been involved in some of the faith groups, such as the Disciple Makers. Um, I recently spoke to Alex about the meditation, the Buddhist meditation, so I'm looking forward to that next week, possibly. Very cool. Yeah. Um, Chaplain Alex Hendrickson, in case, yeah. That's that's so interesting. So uh, diving into that, what would you say your faith tradition is? Uh, I would say it's more of like the mystic Hmm. path, but I choose to express that through the Rastafari tradition. So interesting. So where where does your kind of involvement in disciple makers and Buddhist meditation fall into that? So I kind of grew up in in a Judeo-Christian background, Hmm. but I was more attracted to the Eastern faiths. Interesting. And to me, Rastafarianism kind of merged the two. Um, so when did you discover it? Like, were you were you a kid? Were you older? Well, it was. It actually started in Jamaica, which is where I'm from. Mm. But Very cool. there was a lot of like taboos surrounding the movement. Mm. But as I studied more history, got more involved in like religious studies, I really realized that there was a lot of value in this in this path. Interesting. So wait, let's let's start at the very beginning. This is this is so interesting. So where in Jamaica did you grow up? So I grew up. I was born in Kingston, Jamaica, very but cool. I lived in an area called Spanish Town. Okay. Right. Um, and so growing up, did you were were your parents or anyone around you kind of in a faith tradition already? Like, did you grow up in one specific one? So it's kind of a long story. Yeah, um, go for it. Uh, my parents they came from India and Ethiopia, so mm-hmm. there was that there was sensibilities of like the Hindu tradition, but because of like what was happening on the island at the time, like everyone kind of streamed into Christianity, mm-hmm. so it was mostly Christianity, Protestant Christianity, okay. and that like I I grew up, you know, going to church when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I wouldn't say they were really religious, but, like, the idea was still there. Yeah, like, you celebrated yeah. holidays and things like that, too. Yeah, Christmas, yeah. And Easter. So, do you remember what you thought kind of going to church? Like, how did you feel when you were there? <laughs> well, to be honest, like, it was kind of boring at yeah. first. But, I mean, like, some of the stories still stuck with me. Like, the mm-hmm. story of Adam and Eve, Abraham, Moses, yeah, Mount Sinai, stuff like that. Really? What about those stories like stands out to you that you still think about? Well, the one that really stood out to me was the story of Jesus because mm-hmm. he was more of a reformer, I would say. Okay. And I'm kind of like into social justice. Mm-hmm. So that was the one that really stood out amongst all the other prophets. Really? So yeah. were there specific like things Jesus said that really speak to you? I mean, he was just a very, I would say, a very selfless person, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. he went against like what was considered as the norms, the social norms, right? And just the story of like his crucifixion—it was, it was an inspiring story. Yeah, that's amazing. 
Um, so let's see. So when you went to college, would you say you were still kind of a Christian? Well, I mean, the first the first year, I really mm-hmm. got deeper into it through okay. Disciple Makers. A friend actually invited me. Oh, very cool. And um, since I got into religious studies now, the following year, like that's when I really started to gain a more global perspective. Mm-hmm. Right. So wait, um, what got you interested in religious studies? That's a good question. Um, <laughs> I, t- I took um, this class called Judaism, Religion 213 with Professor Carr. Yeah. And it just made me realize like there are so many dimensions to religion. Like there is mm-hmm. the question of like gender identity. Mm-hmm. There's a question of social institutions, a question mm-hmm. of how religion is enmeshed with politics. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. That's so interesting. So was that the first religion course you'd ever taken? That was the first one, yeah. And did you know anything about Judaism beforehand? Was that kind of like your introduction to it? Yeah, I knew like the basics of the Old Testament. and Got like, you. Yeah. yeah, very cool. And so from that, did you kind of like, you know, develop a relationship with Professor Carr? And did she kind of have any guiding impact on the rest of your well, yeah, time? she's yeah. actually my um, academic advisor. Oh, right very now. cool. So then at what point did you start to kind of explore other religions and eventually find Rastafarianism? But like I still had the, the ideas of the Judeo-Christian ideas. Mm-hmm. And then when, when I explored that aspect more, it opened me up to Hinduism and the Vedas mm-hmm. and... I read that the Vedas, like, they were related to quantum mechanics, and I was a person who really loved physics in high school. Really? So that was really interesting to see that. Did you ever the, Did you ever think you were going to study physics? Uh, I actually started with electrical engineering. When oh, I came cool. Okay. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Um, wow, so that's so interesting. So when you first discovered Hinduism, what, did you, what were your impressions of it? What did you think? It was a very different religion than mm-hmm. anything I was used to. Um, yeah, but did you say one of your one of your parents grew up in it? Well, they actually my it was my great grandparents. Like they came from mm-hmm. India to Jamaica oh, very cool. during the colonial times, mm-hmm. and so that like some vestiges of that still remain. Like some of the celebratory practices, the mm-hmm. family get together kind of stuff. Very cool. So, so did your parents ever tell you kind of those stories as well? Yes, but I think because because of like the, I would say like the dominance of Christianity mm-hmm. within the household, like some of the some of the stories got suppressed. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So then you're discovering them later in life. Did it? Did it kind of make you feel closer to your great grandparents at all? Did you have that connection? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because even even like right now, like I feel much more comfortable in my identity, mm-hmm. like knowing that there was a religious aspect to it that I can reconnect to. Yeah, that's so, so interesting. Yeah, it kind of adds to like just my overall confidence mm-hmm. towards life. That's that's amazing. So then, in terms of finding Rastafarianism, when did that happen? Were there other kind of moments where you discovered other religions first? Yes, I think it was like all the religions I mentioned beforehand. Um, and then I don't remember, I can't pinpoint like the exact moment, mm-hmm. but I think I was reading about 
I was reading this book called The History of Africa by Edward Shillington and mm -hmm. like there was a mention of Haile Selassie being the last emperor of Ethiopia. Mm -hmm. And I also have that side to me as well, the Ethiopian side. So oh, interesting. Um just the story of how like he mysteriously vanished in nineteen seventy four mm. and he was the last emperor and um I think Ethiopia well they claim like to have the Solomonic dynasty. Mm -hmm. So like to see all of those things connect it was something completely new. Yeah. No, that's that's really cool. So you have this kind of religious awakening, right? You're discovering all of these moments at the same time. What parts of each faith do you still like carry with you right now? I think it's the the parts that you know resonate as like being good mm -hmm. to me. Um and as I said, like I'm more into the mystic path than like a historical faith. Yeah, so, so it's really something that you know I can manipulate at hand. So it's kind of like you've taken different elements from different faiths that kind of feel right to you. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, so let's see. So do you pray at all? And if you do, like, what does that look like? Not really. Okay. I don't really okay. Pray, um, but I do listen to music a lot. Yeah, and reflect. yeah. I like um, just having some quiet time to meditate each day, mm. to just be aware of thoughts. Um, and I love I love reading as well. Oh, very cool. And yeah. so those things kind of make you feel spiritually connected. Right. Yeah. Um, so where does Rastafarianism fall into that? And for anyone who doesn't know, could you kind of explain what it is? Right. So it's a, it started in Jamaica as a mm. as a. Um, I would say a consciousness for people of color mm. um, because the island, it was emerging out of a period of colonialism right. and to just have the idea that there was a figure in Ethiopia, a colored figure in Ethiopia who was crowned, you know, his titles were the King of Kings, the Lion of Judah and I think it was 72 nations who they sent delegates to Ethiopia to you know, pay him respect. So that was kind of very empowering for me as well. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. Um, that's really cool. So then, um, let's see, have you since kind of, like what traditions are associated with it that you really like? The, the idea of um, Christianity, the more like the social justice part of Christianity mm -hmm. and just the, the um, the awareness aspect of the Eastern faiths as well. It's mm, such an interesting combination. So do you right. find that Rastafarianism kind of offers both? Yeah, I think it offers both. Okay. Interesting. So then do you have kind of a Rastafarian community at all, like people you talk to about it? Not really because I'm very new into the yeah. into the faith. Not really, but the mm. more mystic part of the faith, but not really. So interesting. So you kind of have figured it out completely for yourself. Have there been any kind of challenges in that? In terms of like... Yeah, well, like, have you ever kind of, I guess, wondered where you were going or wished you had, like, a spiritual leader? Well, that's the thing with, like, the mystic paths because, yeah. like, I guess how you define the mystic path is, like, you having a direct connection with God. Instead of you having to you don't need anyone else. go through a book or a yeah. person. 
So it's like a direct connection because like I didn't even I wasn't even aware of what Rastafarianism was about, but I realized like I had come to the consciousness. Yeah. And then I discovered like wow, I, like I did that all by myself. Right. So, so you had to be a, you had to be like at, at this exact time in your life. Like you think it all just came together in the right moment. And I think I, yeah. I have the philosophy of like, you know, everything happens for a reason. Totally, I think yeah. so too. Yeah. Um, but that that brings up an interesting question, though. You were mentioning, like, God. What what are your beliefs around like a higher power? I think um, first off, I think it's I think it's beyond any human comprehension. Mm-hmm. But I definitely think that there is a, I would call it like a supreme substance rather than a supreme being. Interesting. Because I think using the word being kind of connotes like a certain limitation on right it's almost kind of making it seem human right so i would just say like a supreme substance i like that yeah okay okay and then um are there moments kind of in your day where you you think of god like in kind of kind of replace not replacing but maybe instead of praying yeah because i mean like it's great that i'm doing religious studies as well so it's kind of like I have the time in classes to, to really be connected as well. So interesting. Um, you know, when I'm not studying, I'm listening to music or mm-hmm. doing something that's mindful. Yeah. So to me, it's like I want to be connected 24-7. Or if it's mm-hmm. interaction mm-hmm. with friends as well, like I see everything as... A part of that. A part, yeah. Yeah, that's beautiful. Um, I'm curious, though, are there other faiths that you've learned about in your religious studies courses that kind of piqued your interest but um, but aren't as big a part of your life? I would say, like, probably Islam mm-hmm. um, and probably Buddhism as well. But it's more of the, the Sufi tradition, which is Islamic mm-hmm. mysticism. Interesting. Okay. Um, but as you said, like there are aspects that I love to choose from every religion that yeah. I come across. That's so interesting. Um, so, what about the mystic really intrigues you? Do you it's, think? I just think that it's a much more free way to express yourself and your mm-hmm. faith because, as I said, like there is no central authority. Right. There is no one book that you have to go through. So there's, like, really no rule attached. That's so interesting. So it kind of, you know, whatever ends up happening, it's it's for the best and it's right. Yeah, and it just feels more natural as well. Yeah, no, that yeah. makes sense. It's just, like, there are no, there's no guilt, there's no punishment. I think that's really healthy and really, yeah. really nice. And then in terms of, like, looking forward, as we kind of talk about your past and your present, um, do you think that kind of religious studies and and exploring religion further will be a part of your life after college? Yeah, because I'm, I'm actually thinking of doing, a, you know, furthering my studies. So oh, maybe cool. eventually having a PhD. Cause right, like right now, I think it would be cool to, to be a professor of religion. Yeah, that'd yeah, be amazing. Yeah. Um, well, that's, well, we'll that's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. yeah, very cool. Um, well, thanks so much for chatting with me and opening up. Is there anything else you'd like to add before we wrap up? <laughs> yeah, play a song through this. Yeah, of course. Right, cool. Sure. So this is a song of, I would say, like, kind of sums up, like, the movement and who Haile Selassie is, like, 
he's to me like he's the embodiment of the supreme substance mm-hmm. but i don't necessarily worship him like in the sense of his flesh yeah. just like the, the, the things that he represented okay but I can, Very so cool. it's called um hail the king of kings by pressure was pipe it's mm, amazing the music everything coming together so do you do you kind of find songs like that a lot yeah i listen to yeah. i mostly listen to like reggae nowadays that's so cool so did you grow up listening to reggae or is it kind of a more recent thing i did but i think um that was very like kind of a, like a once in a while kind of thing but i okay. think for me now it's like a daily ritual yeah you know? i'm curious i forgot to ask um how do you think like, jamaican culture influences Rastafarianism and kind of your take on it? Well, uh, as I said, like, the movement started in Jamaica mm-hmm. because, like, it's kind of a controversial topic itself in Ethiopia, but it's mm-hmm. more accepted in Jamaica. But I think, I think, like, the intention behind it was to be a global movement that mm-hmm. was to be a liberation for, like, anyone of any race or color or creed. Because, cool, like, Haile yeah. Selassie, like, he was... He was a per- he was a respecter of all people. Mm-hmm. So I think the philosophy is like is a more global philosophy. Do you think that you that anyone could practice like any religion and also practice Rastafarianism? Yeah. Very cool. So it's just it's just open. It's open. To yeah, anyone. that's awesome. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. Thank you so much for chatting with me, and uh, and this has been great. And mm-hmm. thank you so much for listening. Thank-